You thought that was funny. You were laughing like a hyena when he said it. What the hell is wrong with you? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Thank you, Alliance. Now, yeah, people email me. I'm a guy's got a friend who's getting married for a seventh time. Seven? Don't do that. Just skip it. I am wildly fast. I got an email from uh, Nathan that said, Hey, Holmberg, are you as obsessed with the lost submarine as I am? Uh, I've been studying the design and construction of this so-called submersible, which is little more than a carbon fiber coffin. Uh, It's a death trap. Homemade. I swear to God, they glued a hatch to the body of the submersible. Uh, You heard me. They even wrote it down. Glued it to the carbon fiber body. You pilot the submarine with a PlayStation controller. That's not a joke. I can't believe that they convince people, uh, let alone talk them into paying a quarter of a million dollars to climb inside that thing. And it looks the part, it is a tiny deal. Off-brand <clears throat> Xbox controller. Yeah, it's not even like the expensive one. It's the one you get over at GameStop for the, you know, to wreck. But uh, this is the one that, uh, you know, Cameron went down. Sure. In. So it, but the, the more uses it gets, the more that glue's going to weaken. Maybe I'd get in it on the first go, but it's it's it, they can't find it. It's five people. They've lost communication before in the past, but usually something you know they'll text back. Well, it'll come bobbing up. Yeah, like well, somebody will drive it to the top. Said, there's several wa- ways that it can bob up to the top, and he's saying, right. "Well, if it hasn't, it's um, amazing." Bobbed up. The other thing is, is even if it did, you're still kind of lost at sea. Sure, so you've got that radius, and to find you know you think about the aerial stuff. Search that little they didn't bubble. put an Apple tracker on it? Yeah, I can keep air, air tags on my luggage, for God's sake. You didn't air tag anything on this submarine. Lost at sea. If you're lost at sea uh, in 2023, you goofed. You air tag yourself. If you're out at sea. Yeah, I got to believe it. if it popped up, I think they would uh, find it pretty yeah. quick. But, you know, the scenarios they're talking about is if it actually went into the, the ship and it's got It's inside Titanic. And it can't get out. Yeah. Titanic is not like, you know. It's kind of an unlucky boat. Or got um, snagged by equipment on the floor. Or, you know, a wreckage. I don't know. Well, no, because they got another one down there looking for it. So they know where to look. 
they got somebody down there looking around for it. So if it's if it's snagged and just sitting on the bottom, they'll find it. If it's inside Titanic, they'll find it. They don't know where. Not it necessarily because there is. Here's the here's the gray zone of the area. From what I understand, is when you even when you're going down, they don't know exactly where they're at. They got to go back to the ship and say, "Are we close to it?" Because the ship has a better detection. Well, sure, this thing's got nothing, but they're dropping it down there. They know pretty good and there idea. Is a, but there is an area that they could be off and like, oh, okay, you're off by this much. You need to go this yeah. way. When you lose communication, it could have gone any yeah. direction. And it's uh, frightening. It's a really crazy thing. And people did spend $250,000 to sit inside this thing got and f- drive around inside Titanic, which is kind of right. interesting. But they add that to my list of things I'm afraid to die in. Uh, that would be the worst. I remember the movie, uh, was it U571 with uh, Matthew, Matthew McConaughey, McConaughey and yeah. John Bon Jovi was in it. And then uh, that boat was in big trouble and they were all going to die in that sub or that Russian submarine a few years ago where 120 dudes were just in it. And it, it's that's a horrible way to go. Oh, man. So I've added that in the last month or so. I added a wild animal attack. Uh, fire is still number one, still number one with a bullet. But wild animal attack is now number two. Uh, trapped in a useless submarine is high on the list now of things I'll probably avoid. With a bullet. Yeah, with it. <laughs> Counting it at number three. The unexpected submersible. Yeah, I, I'm not doing it. Somebody says climb in my homemade submarine. First off, no. Uh, second, uh, you know, if the Internet's got all the pictures of Titanic I need, do I go see it, really? I mean, there's going to be some sort of AI version of that coming out soon where I can put some VR goggles on and tool around it's just the same the smells might be different but it's just the same how about this one expert list listed four possible causes for a communication breakdown loss of power a short circuit could cause a fire any amount of flooding would be disastrous Gee. down there well yeah you get caught up in the titanic debris right. that's the other you one. think flooding would be a disaster for communications or for drowning in a little coffin yeah i don't think i'm worried about communications if i see water inside the sub surface immediately so yeah, it's uh, that's no joke, man. This is crazy, and uh, so getting everybody back up. Ninety six hours of air is what they said it has. And till where are they Thursday. at now? Yeah, they've got till got Thursday. Till we're Thursday. we're on day two, so it's got four days of air, essentially that they can you know count on. Maybe a little bit extra. One or two people can, you know, start short breathing that thing. But you figure ninety six hours full air that they can figure out how to get out of there. So they're still alive unless it's uh, full of water. They're still alive and just. Tooling around under under the sea like Sebastian. There's limited food and water. Oh. You'll make it fine without the food and water. If you've only got 96 hours of air, food and water aren't really a concern at this point. It's not like you're going to be sitting out there like, you know, castaway where you've got months and months. you got to figure out how to drink and eat. You'll be fine for the four days you don't eat. Uh, but man, oh, man. That is a horrifying situation. Not much is publicly known about how Titan was equipped equipped to handle emergencies, like if there were beacons that could signal. Evidently not. Yeah, they didn't think much on the emergency side, but I'm not climbing in that thing. Yeah, I was reading a little bit about it last night, and it did seem kind of haphazard to go, wow, we can get a quarter of a million bucks off of a few people. Uh, Slap something together real quick, and let's get that Cameron mobile down. James Cameron was in that thing with one other dude. Yeah, and they, was it the yeah. it, was it the same one? Doesn't it seem like you could have a rope? You know, I thought it, I thought it was. Uh, no, it's the, not the camera one, but no, that was. Doesn't it seem like you should have a rope though? Doesn't it seem like a rope should be in play here? 
somehow. Yeah, the cable that right, feeds. Like, yeah. Some sort of rope. Like, I don't know how deep that thing actually is, the Titanic, but they they have a pretty good gauge on how deep it is. I'm sure they've got all the numbers. Put a chain together and just... Just like a bungee cord? Yeah, just, yeah, just kind of yeah, reel them back in, you know? Like, Imagine, it, hop in, uh, we'll be down in two hours. Yeah. That's how long it no, takes to... No, that's, that's a horrible, horrible fear to go... I'd rather go in space than underwater because we know underwater is bad. Space could be something magnificent. Who cares about space, too? And it's also one of those things like I jump out into space. You'll freeze. Drowning scares me a whole lot more than, like, crashing or exploding or getting lost. Uh, drowning is horrifying. Drowning's on the list, too. Drowning's a top fiver. When you're that deep. Or, or the water will crush your bones. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. the weight of the water on top of you is going to, like a tin can, just smush you. That's frightening. So, man, I don't really want to see Titanic. I bet you that would be. I remember uh, years and years ago, I went up to the Grand Canyon, and uh, Megan was uh, there, and I, we took some friends, and it was a sunset. I think I told you guys it was a purple sunset, which happens like twice a year. We, we just got lucky. They never know when it's going to happen, and it turned purple. The whole thing, wow. like grimace purple at sunset. People were crying. I mean, it was amazing. And uh, my friend goes, man, nature wins. I'm like, no kidding, just dead quiet, a few tears, some sniffles, Germans saying it was beautiful, and then cutting through the air, piercing through the air. I don't get it. It's not that big a deal. Like, all right, you've ruined it. You've just ruined it. <laughs> I have a feeling. Thanks, wet blanket. Yeah, exactly. I have a feeling. Like, And I just turned to her. I'm like, you don't think the Grand Canyon is a big deal? Well, not so much to cry. I mean, we've been staring at it for the last hour. <laughs> and it's hard to argue that. It's like, That's she's true. right. We have been looking at the hole for a long time, but it's majestic. You know, people travel from all over the world to see this thing. I don't get it. All right. Well, <laughs> so I would never spend any money taking her down, especially to the Titanic, just to hear somebody. Because, you know, one of the dickheads in that submarine's like, oh, it's a lot smaller than I thought. You'd have one person being a dick about like, no, this isn't what I thought. 250 grand. Bigger. Right. I've been on bigger cruise ships than this. Like, ah, I don't want to risk that. But to drown with that person, I knew this would happen. I don't think Titanic would be, for me, I think it would be that moment that Megan had at the Grand Canyon. I think I'd have the same one in Titanic and go, I think I liked the uh, exhibit at Luxor in Vegas better, where they had the iceberg and chunks of the Titanic. and Make you feel like you're in well, it. You, they, you go through a couple rooms, they rebuilt them, and then in those rooms are real artifacts they've drug up, like combs and mirrors and some clothes and shoes and get to see if you die at the end or right you at made the end it. you yeah. check your card to see if you were the passenger that made it i died once I've, I've made it twice i've gone through that thing three times the iceberg room's incredible because yeah. it's down to like uh, two, like 19 degrees and you realize that was the temperature that they were going into that water which had to be horrifying then that massive chunk of the boat i mean like, that's really all i needed I don't need to go underwater to see the rest of it. I've seen all I need up there. Vegas provides me everything. I've been to Rome. I've been to Paris. <laughs> I, 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 everywhere I need to go. And I really don't have to travel that far. It's and an hour Egypt, on, too, with the Luxor. That's there. right. Yeah. And I wasn't impressed with Egypt. No. Much like most of the Middle East, I was like, I'm going to avoid Egypt from here on out. What about the medieval times there at Excalibur? <laughs> yeah, you know, I didn't. Authentic. Uh, I'm not really interested in that era. So I didn't really. It, it smelled about the same. You know what? <laughs> it is authentic because most people are covered in <laughs> and have the plague. Who are at the Excalibur? So, that's the truth. Yeah, I've been to you know I've been to all of them. But Rome was impressive. I really enjoyed Caesar's. That seemed nice. And go to the Colosseum. <laughs> I saw Elton John. I mean, I've seen Elton John at the Colosseum. 
that's huge. I mean, you guys can't say that. Uh, that's pretty amazing. And then you you walk across the street, and you're in you know Paris. And I've seen everything I need to see in Paris. Quite international. Look, I'll tell you this. The Eiffel Tower. You know what the best thing about Paris, Paris is? No f- French people. I, <laughs> like, what an annoying glob of humanity they are. I'm not interested in Paris. There it was. Paris in all its glory. I see the Eiffel Tower. There's a restaurant in it. Phenomenal. Um, they don't even have a restaurant in the big one over in Paris. It's just a... Yeah, they do. Eh, it's not like this. It's not high-end with English-speaking waiters. It's a piece of <laughs> with French people all over it. <laughs> And, and all their butter. Oh, that's one and the same, yeah. actually. <laughs> they serve buttered bugs. I'm not interested in buttered bugs. <laughs> off, France. I'll go to Vegas. I've seen it targets all. are good. Roll over to Egypt. And oddly enough, inside Egypt is the Titanic. That seems reasonable to me. It's a, double, it's a double kill. My friend's uh, dad, back in the day, got to go into the uh, base of the pyramid. Cool. This is when they first opened up. Oh. It is a... Uh, little over a mile down, and it's a two-by-two two crawl space yeah, it's baby. that you're crawling for a mile. No way. There's no turning back. For a mile? That can't it's be basically right. equivalent of uh, going down through there. So that. you're following people down this thing for a yes, mile? Yes, and they have lights. You know, they just had a wire of, you know, like the regular no lights that you hang in your backyard, no, kind out. of. It they can't can, be two-by-two two for a whole well, mile. You can't turn around it. Sure. What if the guy in front of you drops ass? <laughs> right. Oh. You're just human centipede. Yeah. I'm not interested no. in this. You know where I can go? The Luxor. <laughs> and uh, by the way, inside those pyramids, Brady, zero restaurants. The one you're talking about. The Luxor has a food court and a casino. So much better than the Egyptian pyramids. Yeah, uh, another one. That's another place that can go f*** itself is Egypt. And that place probably smells about the same, too. Exactly. As the original pyramids. Well, on Saturdays, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen some mummies inside that Luxor when those buses drop off those old people. Yeah, I got no interest in any of that traveling. That would be cool, but they got to put a doorway in for me. I'm not. Oh, I'm not oh once, through once it. you're in, you're committed. Yeah, no way. No, if I'm not walking, I'm not playing the game. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not belly dragging down to a tomb. That's creepy. And they just found some new thing at a, a, one of the pyramids. They, did. they found a new gap. And they're like, man, what's down here? When those aliens built that, they weren't screwing around. But uh, they're discovering a lot more. Uh, people that were in the, uh, not necessarily the, the royalty, they're just rich yeah. people that were buried there. Yeah. Seems right. Uh, and the good thing is also, uh, inside the Luxor, not a lot of dead people, which is nice. I think that's an also, that's a plus. So Vegas has everything I need. Titanic, Egypt, Rome, Paris. You go up the road to Palazzo, you get a little Italy in there. And again, the best part is, no swarthy, dirty f- foreigners uh, serving you meals. I got English And the blue skies in the mall. It's beautiful. Oh, that's that incredible. Outdoor. That Caesars has yeah. that beautiful indoor-outdoor mall. It's stunning. Walking around, I feel like I'm in somewhere in wherever that is, Rome, somewhere. I don't know. That'll Who be cares? the best. Uh, is it the Venetian that has the, uh, you know, the canals? Venetian's got yeah. the canals. I can't remember. Uh, right there. There's yeah. no smell of poo like the... No the real Venice, and you've got yeah, Venice stinks. I've heard nobody come back from Venice and say it doesn't smell terrible. And it's got that big clock, just like in Venice, and it's got that swarthy, gross Italian screaming songs at you for like half a mile. And then you go back in and gamble away. You get a gondola ride. Yeah, and you go over to that. Uh, it's got it all. Vegas is Vegas for the win uh, versus the world. Sunburst <laughs> morning sickness. Medicaid. 
All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Holmberg's morning sickness. I think I want to hop into a submersible. You know what? I never I was threatened uh, to have happen to me while I was visiting the Titanic at the Luxor. Massive drowning, trapped in the sub- submarine. Never had to deal with it. So F- everything I needed to see. If you want to go to Ireland, go to O'Shea's because it's <laughs> yeah. a bunch of drunk people puking everywhere. I mean, it's great. You get a you true taste of Ireland. Of yeah. Yeah. That's right. You, you do truly get a taste of Ireland at O'Shea's, though, because it's a bunch of midgets super angry and drunk. And you're like, well, this is actually exactly like what Ireland would be. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's wet for some reason. The floors are sticky. It's Ireland in uh, one small room. <laughs> Vegas. That's all I need. Walk up and down that strip. It's like a trip around the world. You go up to Fremont. You visit the best of the Midwest of America. That's pretty much all that is. It's disgusting Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana, Pennsylvania. <laughs> all the dirt that lives up in that area. The meth problem. They should just call that Lil America. That's it. It's beautiful. I don't need to go in a submarine to go down into that mess. You crazy? Drone it. You <laughs> totally do. I'm not. I'm not even. I'm not even interested in getting on the boat to drone it. If somebody's going to do that, uh, put it on the internet. Give me a VR helmet. The world is at. You know, it's easy now. Nothing to it. It's creepy to think otherwise. What I do want to get into, though, because I saw this. Is uh, fishing. I think I'm going to start fishing. What? Yeah. I didn't know this kind of prize money was getting tossed around. They had some tuna fishing thing. Oh, man. The biggest tuna was $2.7 million for the winner. And because it had a shark bite in it, they kicked it out. These guys pulled in a 600-pound tuna. Like, we're the winners, right? And they're like, no, a shark bit it on the way in. Tainted meat. Can't have that. I don't even know if that's why. They just have rules that if a line cuts it, if it's got a fresh wound or anything like that, it doesn't count. If it's got some healed scars, you can keep it. Or if you've got a bite from a shark from before and it made it through and it's healed over, but if it's a fresh bite, your your tuna doesn't count. These guys reeled in a 619-pound tuna. Jeez. Seven hours it took them. 200 boats. Prize money was $2.6, $2.7 million for the biggest one. They had it. They took it away from them. They get nothing because huh. a shark ruined it while they were seven hours in. I'm trying to reel this thing in. 600 pounds. That's Ralphie May on a line trying to drag him through the water, and he, he doesn't want to get on the boat. And a shark took a chunk out of it. Not a huge one. And they took the money away from these guys. It's what crazy. was that movie with uh, where he hauled in the giant uh, blue marlin or the black marlin, and it got... They was hauling it in, and it got eaten by sharks on the way in. Well, it's the old man in the sea. That's old man the, yeah, in the, the sea. Old man yeah. in the sea. The big part of the Hemingway novel was the. Yep. Yeah, he drug all of the. He had a huge haul, and on his rowboat back into Cuba or wherever he was, the sharks ate all of his food, and he had nothing to show for it. I, I still don't understand why I had to read that in high school. <laughs> Something about God and everything else. I'm like, yeah, the, and, and the underlying I, message. I didn't care about any of the theme. The book was boring. Some old dude fishing for five months. 
And Spencer Tracy did he? Well, I didn't watch the movie. I didn't have any interest. I slept through it when they. That was the cruelest. That cruelest thing they ever did in high school was make us read a book, and then when we were supposed to be done with it, they break the movie out. We watched. I mean, To Kill a Mockingbird. I actually read the book. We just did it this last year. Oh, those pieces of you teachers! I tell you what, that is. I know what you're doing. Tell us not to watch them. I watched To Kill a Mockingbird. I had seen it already, and then we were assigned the book, and I thought, oh, this is a great movie. I started to read the book, and I'm like, this is actually a really good book. The still prefer movies over books. I don't care what any book people say. You're just trying to justify wasting your time reading. Especially in school. A good book <laughs> will make a good movie. If it's not a good movie, then the book wasn't that good. They couldn't turn it into a good movie. That's the problem I have. All of it. Almost everyone. So I watched the To Kill a Mockingbird, and I'd already seen it. So then I did the the book. I read the book, and the only difference was like four chapters about the neighbor Dill. Too much Dill. They did the right thing in the movie by chopping that. Kill some dead weight there. And uh, so the movie was better than the book. But I read the book, and then at the end, out of all this, you don't watch the movie, don't watch the movie, don't watch it. They show us the motherfucking movie. The jerks. Every single book. Old Man in the Sea. Read that pile of garbage, sit through all its subtext and nonsense. I'm like, Hemingway kind of stunk as a writer, if you ask me. He's overrated. He's the doors of literature. (laughs) And uh, I'm like, he's kind of the Jim Morrison of literature. I think people are being told he's great, so they just don't want to say he's not. High school kids don't care. And I'm like, maybe I don't get it. Maybe I do. Kind of a drag. And then I've seen Hemingway movies since. Not so great. And then they showed us that damn movie old man in the sea and he's dragging ass on the beach with his boat and i'm like it's exactly like the book boring as and how dare you show us this movie after you told us we couldn't watch it you had the movie the whole time all you had to do was show us the movie and then fill us in on what was in the book you have to develop a love for reading you know what the fastest way to make someone not love something is assign it to them force it yeah the fastest way to make me hate reading is make it mandatory. Had to read Othello <laughs> and then go watch it. Uh, the Lawrence Olivier blackface one? No. It was oh. A live That's a, play. Oh, you got to watch the play. Yeah. Worse. And trying to teach kids I Shakespeare. I wish we were seeing the Lawrence Olivier. Adults don't understand Shakespeare. You're trying to teach a 15-year-old to understand that kind of... So f- stupid. And they want more money. Ah! Toil away in your $30,000 a year job, teachers, till you figure out that movies are better than books. You know how I know that? It is amazing how long they've stuck stuck with the same books, basically. I know. Catcher in the Rye. Yeah. Yeah. So all the garbage ones. And that just tells me that no new books have come out since TV and movies have developed because we all realize what we prefer. I don't see people wandering around holding books in their hands, but I certainly do see a lot of tablets and screens. Movies win. Movies win. I don't see, uh, you know, Entertainment Tonight giving me the top ten books sold this week, but they sure do hit that box office pretty hard. Most of the time, it's a crappy Marvel movie. But, uh, yeah, I don't want to hear about that. Old man in the sea. Go f*** yourself, old man. Yeah, Hemingway is the Jim Morrison of writing. (laughs) I just didn't understand it when I was young, and then when I got older, I'm like, maybe it's because I was young. and So I didn't read the book, obviously, but I went and watched one of those stupid Hemingway movies they're terrible like stephen king's i know stephen king isn't a very good writer either because all of his movies aside from misery and shawshank are terrible like all of his movies like it is okay 
Like that's probably the best one, but his books have to stink because they're barely Does making. Carry his, or? yeah, carries his. Carries yeah. okay. lot. Salem lot. Eh, not, not great. Good. Christine. I yeah. liked Christine because I'm a car guy. Um, yeah, but I, if you watched it today, it doesn't like, hold this movie yeah. sucks. Yeah, it's not very good. Cujo. Cujo was terrible. And I'm a dog guy. Yeah, Pet Cemetery. <laughs> Pet Cemetery is awful. That was terrible. I've seen that. Herman Munster in it. Maximum Overdrive was terrible. His. Yeah, his his good movies are Misery. And Shawshank Redemption. Uh, and Green Stand Mile. by Me is him, too. Stand by Me. Yeah, yeah. That's true. That's right. Stand by Me is another one. But he's still, I, he's better than Hemingway, if you ask me. But I'm not some literary expert because I think books are a waste of time. Near it, Nikit. Your voracious appetite for reading is otherwise known as a huge waste of time with technology. Better still, you can have books read to you by technology. That's the way to do it. But yeah, back to what I want to do. I didn't know they were giving that kind of prize money away for fishing. That seems easy. Well, the, remember we had uh, that story of those guys that were putting lead weights yeah, yeah, in but the, the fish. Yeah, that, that, that was, was big money. But that was one of those pussy contests yeah, where they're getting a the couple tuna? hundred thousand dollars. This, this is two and a half million dollars for one fish. Not like a haul of fish. One, those dudes that were putting lead weights in the bellies were trying to win like a, we caught 30, 30 of them. 30 grand, 150,000. And you have to have like 20 fish. And No, this is one for the biggest fish wins. You can accidentally win that contest. All you need is a dude with a boat and the equipment. And it ain't cheap, but, you know, you rent a boat for the weekend and you join this contest. And you're like, I'll just stick my line in the water and see what happens. It's the same bait. The, the deal is trying to reel it in. That's where you run into trouble. You need a couple of strong experts. I think we can pull this off, boys. I think we can. I don't think there's a whole lot to it once you get the tuna on the line. I think it's just a matter of patience, getting it right. Knowing how to battle. Yeah. <laughs> when it pulls, you wait. When it doesn't, you reel. <laughs> I got seven hours to kill on a boat with my shirt off. That seems... Anything that can be done with your shirt off isn't that hard. That's a good battle. Sure. I did a sailfish and but it think was about, about it. 40... 30 minutes. Oh, look, I had a was, six pound catfish when I was about eight years old that, you know, I thought I was going to tear my arms off. I got it up. No help. My dad wouldn't let my, my uh, the guy that we were fishing with was Jimmy Richards. Give me that reel, boy. My dad's like, no, he's going to do this by himself. And my pole was all bent over. This thing was fighting. Brought him on in. Six pounder. It's in the newspaper, for God's sake. Pulled it right out of Lake Poway. But, uh, I think I can do this. And you think about us on a boat, Brady. You, me, let's say Brett in there. Toledo can drive. Uh, well, maybe not. That's a bad idea. He'll spin out. <laughs> we'll end up on the land. Toledo can go, but he's just, uh, he'll sit in the other room and do some stuff for us. Yeah, you just get a, a captain out there. He sticks us in the middle of the ocean. You're reeling for a while. You're going to get peckish. You're going to want some barbecue. We've got a barbecue going the whole time. You take yeah. a couple hour break. I'm on the, I'm on the rod, so to speak. A phrase I often am, I'm on the rod, boys. Reeling in, I got a little tired, hand it over to Brett. He's on the rod. Next thing you know, we're pulling in a 615-pound tuna accidental, splitting a couple million bucks. Just for a weekend on a boat. People do that for pleasure. That sounds Those pretty good. Those guys do, they have a TV show, that Wicked Tuna. Yeah. I, but they're just fishing for tuna. Like, yeah. they don't get, you get into contests. But they get, um, you know, a couple hundred thousand. Sure, you get some big tunas. But it is... Uh, it seems easy. I watch dudes doing this in the canal all day long, just bigger equipment. I've been fishing before. It's not that hard. Are we going to do head out to Tempe Town Lake and do some practice this weekend or what? Yeah. 
I think I might want to do that. Somebody has to bait the worm, though, because gross. All right, I got you. Do tunas eat worms? Do I have to get some earthworms? No. <laughs> chum. Is it earthworm chum? I don't know what they eat. Oh, it's like a jaws where he's chumming. Yeah. Oh, just yeah, chumming. Fish guts. Chumps fish. Yeah. Then you put your worm in. I see. Yeah. That. Okay. <laughs> so as the blood in the water, then worm. They won't chum for the tuna, but they eat a smaller fish. Yeah. You just stick a, another fish on the big hook. I, I'm going to have to have somebody else do that. I don't. That's gross. No. So one of you boys can do that. I got you. And I'm not gutting it or anything. It's like you just put it on the string and you stand next to it. What I hear the guys that have caught tuna before, like on a boat, you know, nothing that big. No. But the, uh, they cut it right there, and they say well, the sashimi. Yeah. Anthony uh, just yeah. did that from Eric's family. Was that barbecue. tuna or was that another fish they had? But what he had. But They're all the same. They said it was unbelievable. <laughs> no, no, no. no. It's a, oh, I thought you were talking about Anthony. Oh, no, 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 no. No, fish is a fish. <laughs> yeah, kind of the same on that one. You chop it up. I'm not doing that. But I'll definitely catch it. And then you guys can do whatever you want with it afterwards. Now, Brady, you'd have to stay away from it for a little while because we got to weigh it, and we can't just throw it right on the grill. It's a little light in the weigh-in. Yeah, it's got that's chunks. not a shark bite. Yeah, Brady's been eating tuna. We got to disqualify you. God damn it, Brady! Come on, we had big chunk of sushi right there. You can't let that go to waste. But yeah, that seems pretty easy, and I didn't know they were giving that kind of money away. I had a friend, uh, what Tony Roma's my buddy Ronson. Live next door to Gary Yamamoto. Is that his name? Gary. I think so. I know. I remember yet. seeing that building with his. Uh, yeah, he lived right there in it. Chandler. Lived next to my buddy Ronson, like right yeah, down the pretty street. Pretty sure that's it. The dude had like a new bass boat every week, and he's going all over the nation in these bass fishing tournaments. The next thing you know, he's moving out of Chandler because he's made like eight million dollars catching fish. <laughs> and he's like, "It's not that easy." And I'm like, "I think it is. I think it's just." I'm in the water. Just give me a banjo minnow. And- <laughs> I'm pretty sure I can do this. Like, I'm an amateur. I've been out. I've caught a bunch of fish before. I think on a lucky day, I can beat you. I think that was his last name. It might be. It was something Asian. And he had a nice boat, and then another one would come by, and he started getting Ronson involved in it. And I'm like, Ronson is 16. That's a good, that's a good fishing name, too. Ronson? Ronson's yeah. a great fish. No, you should have heard him talk. He was barely human. <laughs> I'm going to get a fish. Like, okay, you're perfect for this job. But this Gary guy was telling everybody how hard it was, and then he takes a 16-year-old out, and the guy's just as good as he is within a couple of days. I think being a qualified fisherman basically is just getting out there. Give me three or four days, and I think I can do this. You you place well in a couple of tournaments. You get your sponsors. Right. Wear that blinged out shirt. Next thing you know, you're just a, some guy in a camouflage hat with the word Ranger written all over your body, and you're getting free things. I think that's my future. I think I might have, a, might have to discuss some stuff with this radio station about contract extensions and maybe have them throw in a boat and start planning for my next adventure. <laughs> it was. We, we did have a, a time that thought, ah, let's put a curling team together. Yeah, I like this fishing idea. We still have this curling guy, but there's no money in curling. If if I saw that curling had like a two point five million dollar price, like I watched the cornholing, I know I could be pretty good at that in an hour or two. But they're giving, they're you know, welcome to the Johnsville Brats thirty thousand dollar challenge, and I'm like, somebody's going to win thirty grand. No, they split it. Yeah, <laughs> I got to fly out to Keyhaw, Kentucky <laughs> yeah, for it. That's exactly that's the uh, purse. The thirty grand that Johnsonville Brats puts up for all the contestants. So the top five qualifiers split the thirty grand, and you're a team of two to begin with. You're walking out with three thousand bucks. 
Even if you make it to the Olympics for curling, you don't make any money, though, right? No. no. Nothing. Maybe some curling sponsorships. But you got to be a pretty good curler to get a living out of it. This guy says, as an avid Stephen King reader, you got it all wrong. I agree the movies are mostly terrible, but they're always completely different from the books. The movies have a way of twisting and turning the books into something so condensed and unrecognizable it can hardly be called Stephen King's story anymore. Then the book must not be very good that the movie companies are like, we can't go by what the book says. I've tried to read a Stephen King book, and it's long-winded. Man. A lot of words. A lot of words. Cut to the chase, King. (laughs) That's why his two best movies are short stories. Shawshank Redemption and uh, and, uh, Stand By Me. Two short stories. Shorter stories by his time. It is the size of a Bible. And about as interesting. Yeah, readings for suckers. They got movies now. I don't know if you guys noticed, but since like 1940, you haven't had to read at all. They just picked up all those books and they're like, let's give it to the dummies in two hours rather than the week it's going to take them to read this. Dumb. And now with the History Channel and documentaries... Oh, and yeah, there's that. And you know how I knew I was right about this book movie thing? All you idiots who read Lord of the Rings before it came out were all kind of secretly upset that the movies were good. <laughs> You're kind of all mad. Like, well, it's not. Uh, like, yeah, we didn't need your stupid book. You wasted it all. They did a pretty decent job in this seven-hour thing. There's some slight debate at the Game of Thrones. But again, those people wasted all their time yeah. reading that. Game of Thrones was perfectly acceptable. I can't imagine following that, reading that. Right. What was the problem with Game of Thrones? They didn't have an ending. They had to write on the fly, and they came up with a terrible one. It wasn't, you know, they didn't have the original author. <laughs> At a deadline. Yeah, they're like, we got to get this out a newspaper. The guy still the hasn't finished those books, because he even knows, well, man, we got all we needed out of the Game of Thrones. He doesn't care. Books are a waste of time. Self-help books, that's the only way. They're not going to make a movie out of those. Those are pretty good. You know, like, do it yourself or stuff. Holmberg's Morning Sickness. Uh-oh. Stop it, Reed. Uh-oh. Who's yelling at me? Uh, Van Halen. Oh, yeah, we got, uh, oh, that's right. Wolfgang Van Halen's going to join us this morning. He's on. Is he coming? Yeah, we're, I was kind of stalling. I was going to announce that right as the phone rang, but there, I didn't know for sure if it was going to happen. Toledo comes marching in. Wolfie's coming. Uh, Wolfie's Wolfie's coming, which is pretty neat. Uh, I'm going to take a break. Get it. Oh, is he calling right now? Okay, I was going to pop into this and then come right, back. There oh, there he is right there. Wolfgang Van Halen is on the line. How about that? Wolfgang Van Halen. Calling gonna, us. Can I call wow. him Wolfie? That's the big thing. What's he promoting? Oh, geez, Toledo came in. There, our phones are working. He's out with Metallica. Oh, that's it? Well, I'm sure he's got something else. That's got to be it. Yeah. Yeah, This is pretty cool. Uh, Wolfgang Van Halen's joining us uh, as soon as Toledo gets on the phone with us. Wolfie. I wonder if he grew up next to Shatner. Because I know Valerie Bertinelli lived right next door to him. Maybe get some Shatner stories out of Wolfie, too. That'd be pretty good. I don't know what's going on now. We got to stretch. We're trying to stretch. Toledo's got his finger on the button. I'm just like, yeah, but uh, oh, uh <laughs> this is fun. It's our watch. wonderful phones yeah, here. Right. Right. The- our system just flat stinks. Yeah. Oh, there you are. There it there is. Okay, we're is. getting there. All right, we're working on it. Hey, look at this. This is pretty cool. We haven't. Done, we don't do a lot of phoners. Are you there, sir? 
Hello, hello. Hello, how, how are you? Yeah, we can hear you. can hear us? Yes, I can. Look at this. It's Wolfgang Van Halen, everybody. This is an honor, uh, my friend. Uh, it's How's good it to have going? you on the show. Yeah. First and foremost, congratulations on all the success because it's uh, ridiculous so uh, what's going on with you. And, uh, and also, I am going to put this on your shoulders, and I hope you don't mind it. Uh, you have to save rock and roll. It's all on you. <laughs> it's not a tall order. It's a lot. It's a lot, but I, a lot. I think the name and I think your talent and ability uh, can pull it off. I got to tell you this. Uh, I've always thought, you know, you had uh, obviously the weight of the world on your shoulders, uh, having the greatest guitarist as a dad, uh, Uncle Drummer, the greatest drummer of all time. I mean, the band uh, Van Halen is legendary, so you've got that name attached to you. When I saw you at the Foo Fighters tribute to Taylor Hawkins, I, I you blew me away how great you played that guitar. I'm not kidding. I, and I don't say that, you know, uh, just because you're on the phone. We said it the next day. Yeah, we did. Absolutely. You you literally owned that stage more than any of the established, you know, not to say that you're not, but you know what I mean. Like, the, you're, and Paul McCartney, Paul <laughs> McCartney was much. on that stage. Uh, Dave Grohl was on that stage. Think of the names that were on there. <laughs> I walked away saying Wolfgang Van Halen stole the show. Wow, that's very kind. Thank yeah. you so much. But you've earned that. I mean, I didn't. I didn't realize how good you were at guitar. <laughs> like, is that something? Uh, yeah, I, 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 I practice on everything a little bit. Yeah. What What else do you play that would shock us? <laughs> uh, I mean, nothing really. I mean, I, if you're unfamiliar with with my band, uh, everything that you hear on the recording is is, is written and performed by me. So I didn't you know any that. Mammoth song. That's 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 all me. You're all you're all mammoth. He's one giant mammoth. Yeah, that's what yeah, you're doing. Yeah, everything. You're much. all the mammoth. I didn't know that at all. I thought I knew you were bass. I knew you played guitar. I didn't know how well. I didn't know you did everything. Yeah, no, I started on drums uh, when I was nine. No kidding. Did uh, was the pressure to be a musician there, or was it like immediate? Like you just picked it up and had it? No, nah, it just kind of happened. Uh, before I realized it, it was like, oh, I guess this is what I do now. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. Now, I also know that because I, I got to be uh, one day friends with William Shatner, that, and I don't know if you ever lived next door to him, but I know, uh, I believe your mother did. Did you have any, uh, yeah. uh, did you hang out with William Shatner as a kid? Not too much. I know my mom liked to like, uh, would watch a couple Super Bowls at his place because they're so close. But. Yeah. Other than that, you no, never I, pranked I never really, uh, him. Talk to him too much. You never toilet papered William Shatner's house or anything like that. I did not. I would not want to do that because he had a bunch of Dobermans in his yard. Oh, every time nice. I walk by, so that wouldn't be the thing to do. Very smart. What? What? Because uh, I can't imagine what it's like to be you growing up. Like it's different than what I went through. Uh, what? What? Like I guess it's hard to ask this, but like, what made you a normal kid? I don't know. I I can't I can't really compare. Uh, to, to, I don't know. It's, it's a funny question that, yeah. that people like to ask me. All. They're like, when, when did you realize your dad was like, <laughs> right. it's right. like, he was my dad. Like he was, there wasn't, it's not like, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Know? How about this? Let me phrase it this way. To compare it to. When did you realize you weren't normal? Um, you know what? I, I really don't know. I, I feel normal. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're normal. As a human being, you're normal. But when do you look around and go, there is, my life is different. My, like, I have, like, like when, something's different. Bring than, your dad I mean, You know, being able, go, going to go see, you know, dad play shows and see him on stage in front of a, 
a, a bunch of people, maybe that was like, okay, yeah, that's not normal. Yeah, yeah, you know? and and like friends and stuff but, uh, growing up and things like that. Like you had to sit and go, look, you know, it's a little different for me. Well, I mean, my friends didn't never really cared. That's crazy. <laughs> I think you know, uh, you know, I I went to a private school. Yeah. Uh, in 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 L.A., so it's like I you know I feel like maybe if 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 my dad was in like Talking Heads, maybe I would have been cooler. <laughs> you know, like if, if any, if anything, being tied to Van Halen made made me less cool because it wasn't you know, all hip and it was just very yeah. rock and in your face. Which I, you know, right. I'm, I'm into that and that's cool, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird, and I understand it's a weird question, and I. But it is one of those things that, like me, growing up with what I considered normal, I think falls in the lap mm-hmm. of the majority of people of like a normal upbringing without fame surrounding me. Even though I wasn't famous, you were born famous because you are on both sides. Whether yeah, you're, what, yeah. a weird name, and that was a good story to run when I was the month I was born. I think oh, Wolfgang, oh, yeah. weird name, yeah. Huh? Yeah, that I, was I, a story for a little bit, I guess. I remember that too. Yeah, when they named you Wolfgang, I'm like, uh-oh, Valerie and Eddie have lost it. But yeah, Wolfgang. Now it's like the coolest name in the world. Like you got to love being Wolf. Yeah. Who called? Do, do you get yeah, called no, Wolfie or is it Wolfgang? Do you have? Are you like a stickler for? Yeah, the, Wolfie. Growing up, I think that was that was like what sealed the deal because mom saw Amadeus and the way that girl calls him Wolfie in the beginning was like, ooh, I love that. Yeah, that's pretty so, cool. I yeah, think that's why that happened. And uh, and now you're out in the you're out in the road with Metallica, which is just flat out unbelievable. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> did you ever did you ever think that this was coming your way? Was this like part of it? Like I'm gonna I'm gonna climb up to the top of this thing, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be huge too. Like, or is it is it something that just was a passion oh, no, project? Not, going not crazy? At all. Well, I'm I'm not I'm not in any capacity at all. But that's that's very kind to say. But I, I'm this is I'm a I'm a baby band. But I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my thing and it, it's, it's very fun to be able to build a thing from scratch, Yeah, it's, um, you know, uh, and, and to do my own thing, you know, that's, that's, uh, I guess that's what it was always leading to uh, yeah. at a certain point. So it's very, it's very fun to be doing it. We had Colin Hanks on the show a while ago, while, a long while ago. And I asked him about his dad and he got mad. Uh, do you find yourself doing that every <laughs> once in a while too? I mean, it just comes with the territory, yeah, you know, yeah. um, so I just, uh, if people find merit in what I do on my own, that's, that's very, very cool. But I can understand, uh, why they would want to ask. <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually, I, I honestly, after watching you with the Foo Fighters thing, I think for me at the very least, and I think a lot of people who saw that, uh, you, you put yourself off on your own Island on that one, because that, uh, that truly was a spectacular oh. moment. I, and, and how did that feel like being part of, uh, the Hawkins tribute? Uh, how did that come about? How do they ask you to do that? Uh, Dave, uh, called me, uh, well, he texted me first and I didn't believe it. I thought it was like a joke. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, cause you know, I don't know. I've been, been a fan of Dave Grohl and Foo Fighters my whole life. And, I mean, uh, one of the biggest inspirations for Mammoth and, and why I record everything in the studio. Cause he did it for the first uh, yeah. Foo Fighters album and stuff like that. So, um, I had been on Chris Shiflett's podcast, uh, our guitar player in Foo Fighters and, uh, I had to text him and be like, Hey, is this number, is this really Dave? Like, or am I being punked or something? And he was like, no, this is very real. Uh, like let's, let's talk about, about it, whatever. And so I talked to him and, uh, yeah, we ended up working it out and uh, yeah. that's what happened. How fast did you say yes to that? Or was there trepidation? Oh, no, it was, it, it was, there was absolutely trepidation, but this was, you know, um, for the right reason. You know, I wouldn't normally do this, and I don't know if I'll do it again. But for Taylor and for Pop 
it just it made sense. It yeah. made the most sense. It was so um, good. God, it was so uh, good. In the moment, it was the right thing to do. So yeah. that's that's why I did it. Just talking to you makes me want to YouTube it. <laughs> it does. I'm it just holding up and listen well, to a very, good play-by-play. It very, Mac, it very well could have gone wrong, and if it did, that would have ruined my life. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, and that, that went well. which is the tightrope <laughs> act that I was so blown away at. I'm like, and you absolutely crushed it, and that's the, and, it, and it sold. You know, it sold me on Mammoth. It made me look into Mammoth more, and already knew about him, already liked him, much. and it really did. And it was, and it's truly a a thing. Now, uh, what do you have? You are part of my, I've been doing this for 22 years here at a rock radio station, and I've been backstage at a lot of shows. Uh, rock and roll has changed in the 22 years I've done this show to be uh, the biggest drag in the world backstage. You, it, like the stories your dad told are not anything near what you're going <laughs> through backstage. Backstage is lawyers and people pushing you out of the way so people can move gigantic boxes of equipment around. It uh, used to be uh, you'd have the pick of the litter with ladies. Uh, you, you, do you even do that from the stage anymore where you look out into the crowd and have a guy and you just, you know, have a signal to be like that one and that one? No, that's very that's very gross and weird. Also, <laughs> I, I, have a, I have a fiance, so I'm very Oh, happy. well, sure. So you can't talk about it for real. But uh, no, I, I yeah, because it used to be because I watched Dave Draymond do it once where you just pick people out and they went into a bus with him. And I'm like, this is impressive. But uh, yeah, I kind of miss that part. Yeah, of rock. I'm not into that. That's. Women are, 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 are people. They're not objects. Oh, sure. Uh, I'm not saying objects, that, but uh, they're still hot ones, and we still admire <laughs> them. And if you had the power to just uh, wave a magic wand over one that you really liked, you'd still use it, right? No, nah, that's weird. That's very weird. <laughs> well, well agree to I'm disagree. Not, I guess, like you said, I, I, I'm not normal. Yeah, I'm not normal. that's where, that's <laughs> where <laughs> you've been raised wrong, my friend, is that this is such a beautiful love. <laughs> yeah, I would take advantage of it. I yeah, guess it is wrong. weird. It is a little weird to talk about it that way, but <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, so uh, you're gonna, you got to leave us in just a couple seconds. Uh, tell us anything you need to tell us right now. Uh, what's going on in your world? No, just, just thank you so much for having me. Um, uh, the new Mammoth album comes out August 4th. Uh, we'll be touring with Metallica and our buddies in Alter Bridge on their tour. Uh, so you can come see us. You can check out com for every little bit uh, you need to hear. If you want to pre-order the album, you want to watch some videos, or you can sign up for our mailing list and not miss anything. And also do yourself a favor and YouTube uh, Wolfgang Van Halen at the uh, Taylor Hawkins tribute because it will knock your socks yeah, off. Yeah, go check it out. Yeah, before you go, i got to ask you, what are you listening to? What am I listening to right now? Yeah. You know, it's funny. I'm actually... I've been listening to the new album because uh, me and the guys are learning it now because uh, the album comes out August fourth, so we're yeah. <laughs> we're we're learning all the stuff. <laughs> You're relearning your own stuff, which is great. If do you have a do you have a yeah, band exactly. do you have a, a band outside of Mammoth right now that you're just knocked out by? Uh, uh Intervals uh, has a wonderful guitar player named Aaron Marshall. I'm a big fan of his, and their most recent album, Circadian, is a, a really great example of of wonderful modern guitar playing. So right. check them out. Intervals. All right. Awesome. Uh, Wolfgang, we appreciate your time this morning and uh, best of luck and continued success. You deserve it. And uh, just keep killing it, man. You got to save, very kind. save Thanks the so world of rock. Me. Thank you, brother. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> I'm trying. All right. Thank you. See you, my man. There you go. Everybody, look at that. It's Wolfgang Van Halen who just joined us on the phone. That was pretty cool. He's, he seems pretty cool, too. So yeah. Down to earth. And it isn't creepy to point out chicks in the front row that you want to nail. Dirty old man. <laughs> Duh. Look, that was better. Women aren't objects. I'm not saying that and stuff. Jeez, he kind of turned that on me. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> you spun me there, Wolfie. Make me seem like some sort of rapist. But please, any guy with a magic wand is going to... 
point, <laughs> pointed at some hot chick and take care of it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it too. Let's listen to a little mammoth while Give it's Give me out my there. wand. This is the new one. Animal's morning sickness. Holmberg's Morning Sickness. Wolfgang Van Halen, Mammoth, WVH. I didn't know he did everything. I learned that just now. And I also uh, want to get him back on the phone and say what Brady said. I was like, well, your dad was creepy. He, he did exactly what I'm talking about. Creepy. That's the whole point of getting into music. <laughs> I forget the art part of it. Yeah, Let's, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. The last thing I see in there is, you know, I liked him. He seemed like a really nice person. But yeah. there's the problem with rock and roll right now. Uh, too much respect for the ladies. <laughs> back when rock and roll was something. Bring Look Sebastian at, Bach back. Okay, but my point being, he's not wrong. No. In a, in a day-to-day setting, of course ladies are not objects. But at a rock concert, the ladies in the front row want to be objectified. The guys on the stage uh, want to, to like have the hottest uh, girl in the, in the crowd. And so it's, a, it's an agreement. It's an unspoken agreement between uh, the whores and the bands, right? I've been there. I watched Skid Row point a girl out at Compton Terrace, and then some dude just lifted her up and brought her back there, and she was thrilled like she'd won a contest. Oh, she did. And she did. She won the Sebastian Box Still Looks Good contest. Wolfie, how many sweet, sweet 16-year-old girls have you looked up with? <laughs> No, I didn't say anything about that, but his, <laughs> his, his, his dad's friends certainly did. So... Rock and roll kind of has that, uh, it's a little bit flat and stale right now, and I blame the attitude, because rap still tries to bang the hoes. Yeah. Uh, even the hoes in rap bang each other. This guy, Will, says, I love Wolfie, but this guy's a pansy ass. <laughs> no, no, no. He's not, let's not blame Wolfie. He's just from another generation where rock music is now overly right. respectful. There, there's some swagger with it. There's some... Yes. Yeah. Because, like, I watch Cardi B... And I kind of am hoping in the front row that she points at me. I'm not even that attracted to her, but if she started, like, I feel like an energy and a vibe that's sexual and powerful. And you gotta get that whap. Yeah, get me some of that whap. <laughs> I'm wondering if that was AI Wolfie. It could have been AI Wolfie. I liked him. I thought he was very. You know what I liked about him? He seemed he seemed humble to the idea that yeah, I know Eddie's my dad. What am I going to do? Pretty grounded. About I always yeah. go back to that Colin Hanks interview when I said, "What was it like growing up with the world's?" nicest oh you're gonna talk about my dad the whole time i'm like frankly dude uh, that's the only reason anybody knows who you are this was before he had any success and he was i think he was plugging the oc movie and i'm like you're colin hanks last name hanks you better embrace it remember we kind of went back come up yeah we kind of went back and forth about it and he was getting grouchy and then i found out later he and his dad don't really get along that great or didn't at the time if you didn't if if you wanted to make it on your own change your last name change your name you know yeah like you know why you kept it the same the rap brother chet chet's real that's the real mccoy emilio estevez changed his name he doesn't have the sheen name no he stayed with the the same estevez is the official oh that's the original one okay yeah Yeah. you wouldn't change your name from sheen to estevez no that's true lose all your jobs but Charlie went that route. Yeah, Charlie. Charlie yeah. stuck with Martin's uh, stage name. Yeah, no, he was pretty cool. But I disagree with that completely. It's creepy and weird. I was his his fiance must have been sitting next to him. Yeah, she's sitting there just just arms, arms crossed folded, and like, like, oh really? So being on stage is all about banging broads. I'm like, yeah, you're married to a rock musician. That's what it used to mean. Now they're all you know respectful. I wonder how um, sheltered he was or how protected he was from that stuff. Like the curiosity of uh, how much friction did he see between Dave or was he too young? You know, like when the stuff was going on with his dad and David Lee, the whole fallout with 
episodes. Did yeah. he know about that? Well, he you wasn't know, alive for that. Well, let's see I know, but I wonder. But they still had the ongoing. It would just reflect well, about all these reunions. He was born in 91. And, yeah, the dude showed up again. Yeah, after right now. So they had yeah. just had their last humongous hit when yeah. Wolfie was born. And then they brought David Lee back recently, and he played with him. He was on stage with That's them. That's right. Because uh, Michael Anthony had left. So, so I wonder for him, how, how did that go? And did... Probably just stay away from these people. They're, they're disrespectful. <laughs> this guy said, Jesus Christ, his fiance better have been standing in that room right next to him. I feel like a pussy after listening to that. I've heard a gaggle of women talk about men like they were pieces of meat. Let's not pretend this doesn't happen from both sides. Yeah, our own sales manager, Susan, treats men like meat like crazy. Because you know why? It's our turn. Poor officers of Phoenix. Yeah. God forbid you're a, one of our boys in blue and pull over Susan. Next thing you know. Hey, what's going on, sweet dick? You pull me over because you want a piece of this pie? <laughs> what's going on, Susan? Yeah, she treats men with great disdain sexually. That's, you know, they don't want equality. They Imagine want... if Rico Blaze pulled her over oh, one day. Oh, dude, man. I didn't tell you this story before. We're, we're late, but I'll tell you this. So Saturday night, I'm sitting in my house, and I hear something weird going on. My friend Mark's over, and he brought his dog to play with because his dog is my dog's sister. They're brother and sister, so they play like crazy. So I got a text from my cop buddy. He says, you home? And I said, yeah, am I in trouble? And he goes, no, no, I was just checking. I'm like, is something going on? He goes, no, we're good. Like 45 minutes later, I hear noises out in the cul-de-sac. I'm in the backyard watching the dogs. I'm like, what in the world is that? Somebody having a party or something? And uh, I'm like, I know this song. What is going on? So I go outside. There's a cop car with on the speakers of the cop car coming out of the top is this. And I'm like, this is a waste of local resources. They're playing, and he texted you had, for the song. He, he told three me, of them. He's, "What is that song?" And I'm yeah. like, "This one." I said, yeah. he's he like, goes, "Send awesome. it to me." So he's sitting in my cul-de-sac with nothing to do for 20 minutes, playing Rico <laughs> Blaze's song, trying to draw me out of the house. I walk out and I'm dying. That the sounds through his phone on his intercom. He's playing Rico Blaze stuff, and then I just hear Rico Blaze hit a bust up this party. <laughs> Police love Rico Blaze too much. And I'm not supposed to. He said, please don't say it was me. And I'm like, okay, Ben, I won't. <laughs> Hilarious. Man. Nothing weirder than a cop car blasting that song, knowing the true story. Uh, it's 742. Wolfgang Van Halen. That was, I enjoyed that. I don't know. Uh, I was, for some reason, I really like kind of the, <laughs> the chat with Wolfgang. Even though it was short, the lineage back to Eddie and that whole. But I did not like that he's not abusing his power from the stage. It's a powerful place to live. And plus, I'm. And when he said, "Plus, I'm engaged," I had to pull back. Like, now, shoot. Rock music needs that. Gonna bang a thing. I was at the Usher show in Vegas, and he's still doing it. And he's he's known to have herpes. Chicks still climb on the stage. Deep down, it's still a huge win for a girl in the front row to have the guy do the "Come up here, baby." That's objectified or not. I don't think any woman's going, you got to treat me with respect. I don't think anybody's ever shouted that from a concert. <laughs> Damn it, Wolfgang. When Courtney Cox got the wave by the boss oh my God, back in the air. In a pop song. <laughs> like she was so thrilled that Bruce, and you know what happened at the end of that Bruce Springsteen, <laughs> Courtney Cox. That's the story. <laughs> got pulled out of anonymity 
and became the boss's girlfriend for just a few seconds dancing in the dark. And then he's like, let's go backstage. You can blow me now. And you know, for the honor of him pulling you up on stage, you owed him one BJ. Creepy and weird. She's like, okay, Claire, it's next. (laughs) What? Line them up, boys. You're going to get the whole BJ E-Straight band. (laughs) One, two, three, four blowjobs for the gang. Anyway, now that's how I want rock to be. No matter what Wolfgang Van Halen says. Well, that song is pretty great. Uh, and that was brought to you by Action Ride yeah, That'll absolutely. be our wake-up song. Arizona's most powerful, powerful rock radio station. Yes, 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 yes.